Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome back to the Nebraska Crop Watch Podcast. My name is Nate Dorsey, and I'm an extension educator with the University of Nebraska Lincoln. We have a slightly different episode for you today, so instead of following our traditional QA format, we're going to be heading out to the field and learning about a cover crop interseeding project. The University of Nebraska started a new project this season on interseeding cover crops and standing corn later in the growing season. Our focus at Nebraska Extension and with CropWatch is to provide relevant and needed information for Nebraskans involved in agriculture. And when it comes to the types of questions that we get most frequently, topics around soil health and cover crops are really high on the list. Speaking of cover crops, if you're listening to this episode on the day of its release, we have a cover crop and soil health field day happening tomorrow, September 20th, at Rogers Memorial Farm in Lincoln. The event will run from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. and will be a great opportunity to learn about different species of cover crops, check out a soil pit, and hear from some really great guest speakers. The University of Nebraska has been researching cover crops for many years, and recently we've been looking at interseeding as a potential method to increase cover crop success. To address some of the questions that we have around cover crops and interseeding in particular, the university launched a cover crop project with the help of a grant, which began this year in 2022. So this project developed really because there's an interest in cover crops, especially in Nebraska, and really helps improve soil health, which in turn has water quantity and water quality impacts. This is Katie Pekarik, a statewide water quality extension educator with the University of Nebraska. And I met her out in the field, standing on a massive piece of interseeding equipment that she calls a high boy. So this system really gives you that high clearance to go through the corn late season. We've been really happy with seeing no eardrop and uh, not having any run over corn in the field. We've got a, an adjustable boom system. We've got drops that come down in stainless steel tubes. The interseeder itself is a modified Hagee high clearance sprayer that's had its wet system swapped out with a dry system. So now it has a hopper, fans, and plumbing that can move seed out to the booms and down to the ground. Once the seed is hitting the ground, it's really getting a great spread and we're getting great coverage on the ground. Picard explained that this coverage on the ground is what we're really after with cover crops. The most common planting method is waiting until after harvest once all the crops are out of the field and then going in with a drill or some other type of planter to get cover crop seed in the ground. But the downside to this is that there's just not much time until winter temperatures set in. So the cover crops don't really have very much time to get established and grow. So while we've seen a lot of drilling after harvest or planting, we've seen some interseeding coming in at V4, we haven't seen a lot of interseeding uh, closer to that R5 stage in corn. So this project really attempts to address a different seeding time of the year and look at if we can better establish certain cover crops before winter dormancy. One of the unique things about this project is that there are some really great partners and then it's not just the university out doing this. This project itself is a little bit interesting because we have lots of different partners involved. The Nebraska Department of Environment and Energy is the primary funder for this project. Uh, this is year one of this project and the project itself is taking care of the machine, the operator, and the seed for producers. The producers are really the key to demonstrating this technology and looking at how these cover crops are working at our five. But then we've had great partnerships with the NRDs, specifically this year we're 
working with the Lower Platte North NRD, the Lower Platte South NRD, and the Upper Big Blue NRD. We are also working with the local extension partners. Montag, who is the, uh, the developer of the fortifier system that is broadcast and receiving these cover crops, has been good to work with. And Acres has been a good partner here as well. There are a lot of benefits to cover crops, but the main focus of this project is on water quality. For this reason, several local natural resource districts, or NRDs, are partners in this project. While I was out in the field watching the Interceder run, I had a chance to visit with Daryl Anderson, the water resource manager at the Lower Platte North NRD in Wahoo, Nebraska, to learn more about why they were interested in being a part of this project. Naturally, it's going to help with erosion if you have cover crops there all year round, from wind erosion, from water erosion. But our main emphasis on this particular project is the groundwater side. You know, we're going in areas that's a little higher in nitrates. We're trying to see if it will tie up the nitrates in the soil. Uh, like I said, we do have areas that's running almost 20 parts per million nitrates. You know, our drinking water standard is 10 parts per million. We were trying to keep it clean for future generations. That's why this cover crop is maybe just another tool in the toolbox that maybe we can utilize to, to keep the uh, nitrates lower or lower the nitrates in general. Nitrates are an important water quality issue in the state, and like Anderson mentioned, the safe drinking water limit set by the Environmental Protection Agency is 10 parts per million. But there's a lot of groundwater in the state that's over this limit. Nitrates can also affect surface water, and when erosion occurs and water high in nitrates enters rivers and lakes, it can result in toxic algae blooms, making them unsafe for drinking or recreation. One of the benefits of cover crops is that they might help reduce nitrate contributions from farming in particular. When we do the soil sampling in the fall, we always see some extra nitrogen that's still still in place in the soil. If the cover crop can take that up and maybe capture it, so use for the next corn crop or the next bean crop, that way that nitrate won't be leaching all winter long or in spring rains. The other thing, if you have a cover crop in the spring of the year, when normally we have big rainfall amounts, it's going to keep the nitrates from going through in that time period also. Anderson doesn't think that the change in water quality will be immediate, but he hopes that this project will be one way to get cover cropping into the hands of more farmers, since the university and other project partners are covering all of the costs. For the nitrate side, yeah, it's going to be something that maybe we aren't going to see it for 10 or 15 years, but I think if we do it on a yearly basis through corn, and I think there's an opportunity to even put it on soybeans or other crops too. So. For the first year of the project in 2022, there were about 30 farmers that participated. The interseeder came in and applied cover crops to one or more of their fields. So far, the growers have been really happy with the results, even though the dry conditions this summer haven't been perfect for establishing cover crops. Well, the farmers really are amazed how well it's putting the seed down because we're putting on, you know, 70 pound rate. But what I like about it is putting the cover crop below the canopy. This has a tubes that goes below it. It's getting the seed to the ground. That's what they're looking at. And then the other thing is we're using mostly irrigated farms, which this year is going to work out well because we're going to be able to run a passive irrigation on it so we can get the, uh, hopefully get a little growth in there before harvest goes. When it comes to the partnership with the growers, that was probably the most important part of this project. Participation was, of course, voluntary, and growers had a range of experience with cover crops, but most, if not all, had at least tried them in the past. For all the growers we partnered with this season, interseeding with the High Boy Interseeder was a new experience. This being my first year with it, with interseeding anyway, it looks good for now. I'm excited to see it, you know, after what, it's been 10 days or so afterwards. There was already three inches of growth on there. You know, we applied it, I spun the pivot, and we'll see what it looks like when we get the corn off. This is Matt Bailey, one of the partner growers in the project. 
He was actually the first grower in this project to have his field seeded into 2022 season. He farms with his family just outside of Schuyler, Nebraska. Bailey is a fourth generation farmer, and over the years they diversified their operation quite a bit and have tried cover crops a few times in the past. My grandfather, Elijah, started farming full-time. They ran some heavy equipment as well to supplement. Dad came home to farm. Growing up, we had uh, livestock. We had farrow to finish operation. That was great. Um, the reality with that, just like every other industry, it was either get big or get out. We opted to get out. We also run an ag business east of Schuyler. And my mom, Kitty, sells irrigation parts, tractor parts, oil, all kinds of stuff out of there. I um, run a seed operation. I'm a seed advisor for Golden Harvest. I also do custom seed treatment and some other stuff on the side too, as well as um, some equipment sales. Farming's great, but sometimes a supplemental income is helpful. With how diverse their farming operation is, Bailey is obviously quite busy, but it seems like one of the areas that he's particularly passionate about is resource conservation. I've been involved with conservation groups for quite a while. The, the first one that I was on is the Shell Creek Watershed Improvement Group. That was founded in 99, right after some of the flooding and stuff that was going on there. Served on that for several years, and then uh, for a while, my brother was actually on the NRD. With Bailey's history of volunteering as a board member for the Shell Creek Watershed Improvement Group, he was asked to consider running for the Lower Platte North NRD Board as a director when his brother's term was over. He was appointed to this role and has been serving as a director for about the last 8 to 10 years. It's been an eye-opener to see being on the farmer side as well as being on the board. You see a bigger picture. Definitely being on the on the farmer side, there's logistics, dollars. I mean, it's it's all got to make sense. Being on the board, you also see the benefits from a water quality and quantity standpoint. All those numbers become more real. That, that's definitely influenced us. Each grower that participated in the project also had the opportunity to spend some time in the cab of the machine during the interseeding process. During the ride-along, they could check out the performance of the highboy interseeder and inspect the field. One of the goals of this project is to help farmers envision machines like this running in their fields, which can be a bit tough at the end of the season when corn is so tall, but the university would like to see farmers either purchasing machines like this on their own, or at the very least, paying for a service from a custom applicator or co-op who might purchase one. You know, we've got a machine that's similar to it, and I know how much damage I could do in a sprayer, so turning someone else loose in our own field made me a little nervous, but fortunately we had some very, very good operators out there and um, riding with them, it looks really good. And the, the crop damage was, you know, aside from the end rows, as, as you can imagine, was little to nothing. Is cover crop really going to be the silver bullet for everything? Well, no, but I do think it's an important piece of it. Um, the nitrate issues we're having out there aren't going away. There's just several steps I think as producers we can be taken to at least try it. And because this tool is available, it's definitely worth a shot. This was only year one of the project, and the partners like the University of Nebraska, the NRDs, and the NDEE are all hopeful that they will be able to continue for five more years. This year, the focus was more on getting the interseeder out into the fields and into the hands of farmers. This was only with a select number of growers and NRDs this first year, but Katie Picaric would really like to grow the project and collect more data in the future. Basically, for this project, we are finishing up fields for the uh, 2022 season. 
But then in the longer term, we're looking at going on for five more years with this project. So we'll do what I call one and done demonstrations, where we come to a producer's field for one year. We take care of the machine, the operator, and the seed. We put it out, we show it off to the neighbors, and other than we might do some on-farm research with you, that year is the one year that we're there. The other thing we're doing is we're looking for some partners that want to do this for five years. So it doesn't have to be corn on corn, but if it could be some sort of corn bean rotation or something that has corn in the mix, we want to be able to look at the factors that cover crops affect. So primarily that being soil health. But I'm also looking at uh, how do the cover crops use the moisture in the soil? Is there any competition with the corn when we get into that later season? Some other examples of research that Picard is hoping to explore in the future include leaching of nitrate and other soil nutrients, and how well do cover crops do at tying up the nitrogen and making it plant available later. The research is slated to begin at the university's Eastern Nebraska Research Education and Extension Center, or NREC, in Ithaca, Nebraska next season. They're also looking for growers that would be willing to participate for long-term studies to look at some of these topics. In my conversation with Pekarek, she also mentioned something else really interesting about this project. The Nebraska Department of Environment and Energy, or the NDEE, believes in the benefits of interseeding and cover crops so much that they're willing to possibly help fund the purchase of a similar machine for an individual or business who is interested in providing custom application services in Nebraska. One of the other purposes of this project is really to demonstrate this technology and get it into the hands of custom applicators and co-ops and anyone that might want to do some acres of cover crop interseeding. So that being the case, the state of Nebraska does have some funding available to support those custom applicators that might want to do that. So it would be to your advantage if you're interested in this technology and using it in your operation to uh, reach out to the Nebraska Department of Environment and Energy and explore your options for funding from that agency. While there would likely be a good amount of paperwork involved, it may be a great opportunity to get a large portion of a machine paid for and is definitely worth considering if you're interested. Overall, this has been a really exciting project to watch get off the ground this season. Interseeding cover crops is a topic that the university is going to continue looking into, but it seems to be a good option for cover crop planting. One of these key benefits is that it helps the cover crops get a head start before winter. We have a handful of CropWatch articles on this topic, and we'll link those in the show notes of this episode. We're also working on a video of the project, so check out the CropWatch YouTube channel if you're interested in seeing a video of this machine running in the field. If you'd like to learn more about this project or you want to get involved in the future, I would recommend that you reach out to your local University of Nebraska Extension Educator or get in touch with your local Natural Resources District. Both of them should be able to get you some more information. A special thanks for this episode goes out to Daryl Anderson with the Lower Platte North NRD, Matt Bailey of Bailey Ag Supply and the Lower Platte North NRD Board of Directors, and Katie Picaric with the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. You can follow me on Twitter at UNLNateDorsey, where you can tweet me comments or suggestions for the show, and you can also follow the CropWatch Twitter account at UNL underscore CropWatch. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the CropWatch Podcast. Mm-hmm.